listening to a special edition of MMA Fancast, brought to you by Octagon247.com. Hello and welcome to another special edition of MMA Fancast, brought to you by Octagon247.com, where you can find the MMA and UFC news and analysis and opinions from yours truly and my man, Jim Sahara Mooney. What's up? What's up? What's up? As you know, we are here live at UFC 205 in downtown Manhattan, just down the street from Madison Square Garden. We've been here all week long. And we're really looking forward. The, the moment has finally arrived, Jim. We are at fight day. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. It's been, it's just like, um, it's like Christmas morning. We had, I think you posted a couple articles on the website on octagon247.com about Christmas in November. It's finally here. It is finally here. The, the biggest card in MMA history and... We're just a few hours away. And, you know, being at the weigh-ins last night, I'm sure many of you watched the weigh-ins. And I got to tell you, I I was there live, and then I watched the weigh-ins afterwards. And I'm sorry, but TV does not do justice to what that atmosphere was like, what that crowd was like, and it certainly didn't show what happened outside with the Irish fans outside of Madison Square Garden afterwards and how they just took over the plaza at Madison Square Garden. Would you say that was like for an hour? That was it had to be around an hour that it, I mean this is after the weigh-ins. After the weigh-ins, yeah. Sahara, I I was you know, this is what I expected to see after a McGregor win, a, even a McGregor loss. I, who knows? But to see it happening uh, before the weigh-ins and just the party-like atmosphere, the singing, the dancing, it was it was quite a spectacle. I, I mean, you watch uh, like soccer matches, and you know you see the Irish involved, uh, England. It's it's a crazy atmosphere. And I've always wondered what gets a fan rowdy, and not just a fan, but an entire fan base rowdy like that, where they're all in unison, chanting different things. We got to experience that, not just yesterday. We saw bits and pieces of it when we got here on Thursday. Um, And then yesterday, once we got outside, it was crazy inside. And again, just like you said, TV didn't do justice what the atmosphere was like. Oh, the atmosphere! I mean, the atmosphere was just amazing. And how many um, Irish flags we saw wrapped around people's bodies? You know that they just walk around with these flags wrapped around themselves, and it's uh, very, very cool uh, to see just the support that he gets, the excitement that only gets gets delivered by this man, Conor McGregor, and. And he's really a, a, in a league of his own as far as uh, promoting fights. Um, no one else generates this type of excitement. I think from a excitement for a fight standpoint, Ronda Rousey is that is that other 
person that can do that. And guess what? Ronda Rousey was there last night at the UFC weigh-ins doing a face-off with Amanda Nunez. They will be battling at UFC 207 on December 30th. We're looking forward to that card as well. But uh, what a what a what a weigh-in! So for us, I, I, um, we'll get into that in like 30 seconds. But we talked briefly about this, you and I. And when we were in Cleveland, we had a conversation with Forrest Griffin. Question was asked of him. We asked him what was his his thoughts on the crowd inside. Quicken Loans Arena in Cleveland. In Cleveland, which you know we were there, and it was it was absolutely crazy. I'm getting goosebumps just just thinking about what it was like there. Well, the atmosphere in Quicken Loans Arena. So so as far as live UFC events, um, between Jim and I, we have gone to eight live events, and um, when we went to Cleveland, which is UFC 203, just a couple months ago, that. That was a, just an a electric crowd, and we were really curious historically. What, what what has the crowd? What have the crowds been like? And Forrest really said that that was a top notch crowd. That that crowd really the only one that he remembered um, that could you know weigh in against them would be the 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 fight in Dublin. Um, and who's here? And who's here? Who's here? The Irish are here. The Irish have invaded I'm Manhattan. You, I'm getting goosebumps. Just, I literally am getting goosebumps just thinking about this. Well, that's that's good. Yeah, I, I am so pumped up for this. So, um, yeah, the Irish fans went absolutely ballistic after the weigh-ins. Um, I just wonder what the outside of Madison Square Garden is going to look like tonight if Conor McGregor is a two-division world champion. And, and and also, <laughs> we still don't know what the announcement is. The big announcement that um, he plans on unloading on the the crowd and the huge pay per view audience tonight. I you know, is it as huge of an announcement as as he's making out to be, or is he trying to get those additional pay per view buys? Yeah, I at this point, I'm interested to hear. About you know what this announcement is coming from from Connor. Dana made the announcement that you know came from like, out of nowhere, and this is Connor's deal. He, he this is what he wants to do, so he's letting him go. Um, but my interest is, I mean, there, there's so many so many storylines just to this one fight, and you know, I mean, we got two other title fights. I mean, the, the card bottom to top is superb. And how many storylines are just tied to this fight? Connor and his his little scrum, or not not scrum, but uh, getting in the face of Khabib and Woodley. Those are you know some things happening behind the scenes. Well, and that and that's something that there's actually video of those incidents. So two incidents happened after the weigh-in that we know of with two different fighters. So you had the weigh-ins with McGregor and Alvarez on stage and getting into it and John back and forth. And actually it, it appeared that Alvarez was bull rushing into the, the, fa the face-off and Dana kept them far apart. And Connor kind of was like, what are you doing? That's the way it appeared to me. I was actually I'm going to look to see if those embedded videos um, show what what was said there and what because uh, that's 
you know, interesting to me. But um, so there was that confrontation on on stage that was obviously anticipated and pretty mild compared to a lot of Connor's right. confrontations. But then afterwards, Connor was backstage, and there's videos of him getting into a confrontation with Khabib. And him getting into a confrontation with Tyron Woodley. Two separate confrontations with Woodley. Uh, There's definitely two because there was one, looked like he was um, near an elevator lobby and Woodley was closer to like the backstage of the weigh-ins. And then there was the one... You're talking about the original weigh-ins. Yeah. So so there was one yeah. that happened yesterday morning at the real weigh-ins. Right, right. And then there was another confrontation that happened. So then they Twitter warred with each other. Right. During the day yesterday, and then and then um, last night at the weigh-ins had another confrontation after the weigh-ins. So, yeah, three, two in-person kind of confrontations. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, <laughs> really McGregor is just a magnet for controversy. He's the 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 Eminem of of mixed martial arts UFC. So. Um, He's the king of controversy. Um, I mean, again, plenty of storylines that we could talk about and go off on. And, you know, complete, we could take one storyline and talk for 15, 20 minutes. You know, but I want to get right into the fight. And we had some predictions before we came out here. I think everybody was on board that this was a uh, uh, poise for McGregor to win. Um and I'm, I'm still, after what we saw um, Alvarez two times at the press conference, a pre, yeah, pre-fight I, press conference. I'd like to talk about this more as well. Yeah, go he's, ahead. He's, he, he got so frustrated that, if in case you, uh, you didn't see it, you can go to octagon247.com and we have the, um, the press conference posted up there so you can watch it in its entirety. But um, what we're referring to now is, is when... Alvarez is taking some questions um, from from various people, and each time he goes to respond, the fans just absolutely unload on him, and they're booing him, and and you can see that he is visibly upset and shaken by this, shaken in terms of losing his cool. Um, and then he gets to the point where he's making reference to Connor not being there yet, and we all know Connor is notoriously late to these press conferences um he gets so frustrated he storms off the stage well that was incident number one then we get to last night in the weigh-ins and he does the same thing he gets so frustrated by his treatment when he when he was after they weighed in and squared off well it's not really getting weighed in but they announced what their official weight was and then they go over to the side of the stage and they square off for pictures and photos. After all that, then they, they do the interviews mm-hmm. with each of the fighters for main event. Normally, it's just main event. For this, they have the three title fights because there's three main events, essentially, um, on this card. So um, so they did. They interviewed all three of the main, uh, championship match participants, uh, all six of the participants, all three of the matches. And when Eddie Alvarez was being interviewed as soon as he gets the mic handed to him or the you know Rogan puts the mic in front of his face 
the entire Madison Square Garden audience, minus the 50 people that are that that are from Philly, North Philly that came with Alvarez, are booing him. And and he was visibly shaken by it mm-hmm. and stormed off. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing that makes me concerned that he's letting all these things get to his head. Well, so- if right. he's going to let those things get to his head, when he's when McGregor is taunting him in the fight, there he's not he's going to fall victim to playing Connor's game. And this is what I've written on octagon247.com many in many different instances that my concern is not with I I feel like this is a flip this is a coin flip fight. I feel like talent-wise and and skills, you're, it's a flip of a coin. But Connor's head is used to this chaos. Mm-hmm. And I'm Eddie Alvarez, I think, is out of his element when it comes to that. So we've, we've made mention to different fights involving different fighters and the stage that they were on and how some of these fighters were too new to that big stage to really be changed by it and they came in and performed to their best ability of best of their ability and walked out with a title and other fighters for whatever reason had been there um in front of the spotlights and then crumbled even though they had done it before it was like um war of attrition accumulation of these you know showtime events if you want to call it that um on the big stage and they finally get to one where they just can't handle the pressure. This is, to me, this is Eddie Alvarez. He's the one who is really going to be on the big stage for the first time. He won the title fight against uh, Dos Anjos. Totally different fighter than McGregor. It's just, it's completely different. Um, Dos Anjos well, is... And he's defending the belt for the first right, time. Right. That pressure comes along with the big... The biggest stage. Listen, I know the guy was a champion at Strike Force. This is not Strike Force. <laughs> this is a whole different ball game, and and now you're the champion in the UFC. It's not a, a easy thing to defend a belt. It just isn't. Mm-hmm. That's why Michael Bisbing wanted to fight number fourteen in the world. He knows that. Alvarez is is walking in on uncharted territory for him. It showed in both the press conference and the weigh-ins. I feel like it's going to show in the fight as well. Uh, it's not a matter of talent. I, I think the talent-wise, they're equal. I think it's a head game, and I think that Conor McGregor can easily suck um, Eddie Alvarez into a slugfest, and that's exactly what he wants to do, I think, and that's exactly what he should do, and that's exactly what Eddie Alvarez cannot allow himself to get sucked And if into. he does do that, I'm glad you brought that up, because if he does do that, he's, and I'm talking about Alvarez right now, he's going to be coming into, into that slugfest and going toe-to-toe with anger. Totally different than standing there and trying to prove your punching power when you, you are calculated in your throws, which we all know how intelligent of a fighter McGregor is. He made that one mistake where he gassed himself in the uh, the Diaz-McGregor fight number one. 
He learned from that. Look what he did. Number two. He, well, I still think he was a he was a different fighter early. Different in the fight fighter, than absolutely. He was late in the but fight. But the point is, he knows. He he uses his smarts inside the ring, and if you're coming in to an atmosphere that is going to get you riled up and off your game, which clearly we've seen Alvarez twice now do that. Twice where we've seen that live and in person, and then you know tonight. I, the only thing I'm going based on my history and seeing Eddie Alvarez, and I'm expecting the same guy, this loose cannon who can't handle the pressure of, you know, thousands and thousands of fans completely against him. So so much so that he lost his cool at a weigh-in, at a press conference, and he stormed off stage two times. He, he's got nowhere to go this time. He's got to stay in there and take it. Yeah, and and that's and that's what my fear has been all along. I I, I feel like it's a coin flip until it comes to the the psychology of this sport and and of a fight. And that's where I think McGregor is is the stronger guy. Now, could okay, we talked about um, it turning into a slugfest and that being McGregor's. Um, where McGregor wants the fight to go. Does Eddie Alvarez have the power to land a shot on, on McGregor? Absolutely. He could get drawn into that slugfest and still land a great shot. M- McGregor's very susceptible of being hit. He's shown a pretty good ability of of recovering. He went he, he went for a, a takedown. I think that was a bad decision right, against Nate Diaz. But ultimate, I, when it all comes down to it, I think that uh, um, he could he could knock McGregor out. So that's not without outside of the realm of possibility. But it certainly favors McGregor um, to be in a slugfest. He he is so he is so precise in his shot selection and his he has a diver, really diverse attack. He'll he'll kick to the body with spinning back kicks. He'll kick with I mean he just has such an arsenal of weapons that 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 slugfest is dangerous waters for and more dangerous for um for Eddie than it is for Connor. And I think you know what uh what doesn't get put on display often for McGregor is his ground game. He prefers to do you know his battle standing up but he has a fairly decent ground defense, and he's able to survive those when it's got to go to the ground. I think at the, the uh, Chad Mendez um, fight, he spent some time on his back, ended up with that one, um, taking Mendez out with a knockout. Th- there's a couple things that that McGregor has going for him just standing there you know, in comparison to Alvarez. Number one, he's got a five-inch reach advantage. Five inches is a big difference for a, for a fighter like McGregor. Somebody who knows how to use his skills. And he's, I mean, look what he did to Diaz. Those shots that he was able to get in. And he talks about that's precision. With a, that's with a distance. I mean, Diaz, Diaz is, is a lot longer. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I think... You know, if if he keeps uh, 
Alvarez on the outside, there's no chance for Eddie there. Mm-hmm. But obviously, Eddie's going to be uh, going for shots and, and feints and and using that to hopefully get it get on the inside. But yeah, if he if he holds him at bay on the outside, that that's big time trouble for him. He'll he'll pick him apart. Yeah, the the rest of the main card, we're going to kind of talk about each of the fights. We have Misha Tate and Raquel Pennington. Um, the weigh-ins yesterday, they they seem to 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 get along fairly well. Yeah. Um. In in some aspects, I'm pulling for Tate to pull this out so that we can see uh, a Rousey Tate three in the not too distant future. I just hope that you know she hasn't taken you know such a beating from Nunez that it's going to affect her tonight. Yeah, you and know, that, and that, that that last fight, you know, was, it, it was it was a beetle, yeah. beetle, a beetle. It was a brutal. It was a beetle. It was a beetle. It was a brutal it was, beetle. It was a brutal beetle. That is true. The regal beagle. The regal beagle. <laughs> so yeah, she got she got hurt pretty bad. Those of you who who listen regularly um, before our two o five broadcast here live at two o five, you guys are probably wondering where's where's Terry Dactyl at? Terry has been very quiet as of late. Extremely. And that's a blessing. So just count that as a blessing. Um, Terry, what 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 do you have to say about this? Nothing, guys. I'll just be quiet. Well thank you, Terry. Appreciate, appreciate that, Terry. That. Yeah. Um <laughs> moving on <laughs> moving on to Chris Weidman and Yoel Romero. Um you know <laughs> We saw a bodybuilder. Look at Yoel Romero. Ripped. Absolutely that ripped. dude is ridiculous. I mean, if this was a bodybuilding competition, Chris Weidman would stand no chance. And I'm telling you, if you're a casual fan and you look at those two, you're going, I'm taking that, that guy. guy. Yeah. And you're pointing to Yoel Romero and you're saying, I don't even know what that Weidman dude is doing next to that guy. He is so completely ripped. So, what's what? What do you think is going to happen with this fight? What what does Weidman need to do to get the W? Um, I, I think we're gonna. My opinion is that we're gonna see Romero as uh, one dimensional, where he's gonna be looking for a big shot, and Weidman has he's been working on his kicks. Um, that's something that he was susceptible to when he lost to Rockhold, when he lost the title. Um, I know he tried to. Um, to use that, but he, it, it was a weak part of his game. He's definitely improved on that. I think we're going to see his, a lot of... You mean his kick defense? His, no, his kicking strikes. Okay. I think we're going to see that a lot tonight from uh, from Weidman. But um, I think he's he's really going to be going for some shoots and taking it to the ground where he's got a brutal, brutal ground and pound. Yeah, I, I, um, I kind of see... Weidman looking to survive the onslaught at the beginning. I think he's going to try to make Yoel Romero work hard, work a lot, and and wear him down, wear him down. And then I think he gets him to work hard through the first five minutes. I think after that, it's Weidman's fight. I think that's what he, strategically, I believe that's what he should be doing. Um, that being said, Yoel Romero hits like a freight train, and if he and if during those five minutes he connects with anything resembling a clean shot, 
the fight could be instantly over. And if it's not over, it's moments from being over. Because when that guy hits you, um, you, you, you fall and you fall hard. Um, the next fight that was supposed to happen was supposed to be Donald Cerrone and Kelvin Gastelum. Um, that's a very tough pill to swallow that that uh, fight is no longer on the card. Poor Cerrone, man. That guy got had a fight scheduled with Robbie Lawler for 205. That didn't happen. Then the replacement was Kelvin Gastelum. That's not happening, and he's not even fighting on this card. Yeah, um, we saw the interview with Tim Kennedy, and he spoke about fighters missing weight. Um, he briefly touched on his own past and how... He felt like he owed it to the fans to, to make sure that he was prepared for each fight. So my uh, point in bringing that up is I agree with that 100%. If, if you sign a contract to say that you're going to fight at 155 or 170 or whatever division you're in, come prepared. You know, this, this business of being, um, it's rumored now that he's, he was over 10 pounds. 10 pounds over the weight limit. And then uh, Alves was almost 6 pounds over the weight limit. That's that's just crazy. Now, I, I get that it's you know not easy to cut weight. But they've got a strict regimen. These guys have been in it, been through this before. It's not like this is the first time. Well, that no. I, I, I'm throwing that out the window. When you sign a contract, you're signing a contract. This is part of what Tim Kennedy said. You yeah. are signing a contract saying, I will weigh this amount on this date to fight in this fight. That's what I'm agreeing to. I'm contracting myself, and that's what I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do. Part of what Tim Kennedy said, these are direct quotes from him. He says, it's so unprofessional. It's so disrespectful, not only to opponents, but also to fans. The people that are not making weight, like Tiago Alves and... And um, Gastelum. And, and Kelvin Gastelum. So he says they don't care about their integrity. He's good friends with Donald Cerrone and felt very, very badly um, about that. He basically said that it's painful to see this kind of thing happen. And we talked about this on the last podcast. You know, is what, the, what they're currently doing enough to dissuade people from missing weight? And... Um, I, I think that they need to really take a look at that. I know that the the Nevada State Athletic Commission is the one that finds them uh, from their purse, but I think this is time where the UFC steps in and says, from our perspective, this can't happen, and this is what we're going to do to make this not happen. If Kelvin Gastelum knows he's going to have to pay out of pocket 50% of what he would have gotten paid to fight, if he misses weight, maybe he doesn't sign that contract and he's looking for fights right. at 185 because he's not making 170 on a consistent basis. Three out of seven fights, that's ridiculous. Now, you take a look at, at um, uh, Tiago Alves. This is his first fight at 155, dropping down from 170. That's a 15-pound drop. He clearly can't make it. He, he can get down to 160, 162, but... If I'm the UFC, I'm saying, okay, you're a 170 guy. That's that's it. We're not we're not going to offer you fights at this weight class. If it's Kevin, Kelvin Gastelum, we are no longer offering you fights at 170. It's just not right. happening. 
I agree with you 100% on everything you said. So, um, they're not going to listen to us. Obviously, we're just uh, fans like everybody else. Well, they're not going to listen to you. I'm sorry, okay. Ryan. Okay. I was going to say, they're going to gonna listen they, to Sahara. They, they will listen to me. Um, but they got to do, I mean, there's, there's got to be some, some checks and balances and not have, you know, one point in the process where it's do or die. And that's the weigh-ins on Friday. That they should have something put in place that says maybe Wednesday, you've got to be within 5% or 3% of your weight or, you know, something like that where, they it's know too, what's going to be much, happening. Too and much water weight to come off of a lot of guys for that. I don't know if you can really... Um, so, so what's the answer? The you, answer is you stop giving them fights at a weight class sure. that they're not consistently hitting the mark. Three out of seven, even two out of six prior to this fight is not good enough. That's so, not your weight so class. So one guy we take out of the equation is Connor. Because Connor says he'll take anybody on in any weight class. Well, we know that's so, not right. true, though, as well. Um, He's not but, fighting Brock Lesnar. But um, these these fighters are setting each other, setting themselves up strategically for what they think is the best matchup for them. So a guy like uh, Gastelum looks at 170-pound division and thinks he's got a better chance of making some noise there versus 185. Alves thinks he's got a better chance in 155 than 170. So yeah, if they can make the weight, unfortunately right. they can't, so it doesn't matter. Because they know they're going to be able to rehydrate and then get that power back, and now they're going to be 170 fighting you know, a 155 fighter. Um, but everyone's doing that. Sure. And, and if Alves was fighting at 170 prior to this... He wasn't walking around at 170. He was cutting weight to make 170. So he just figured, you know, he can get down if he lived a different lifestyle and pulled his, you know, pulled his diet through and stopped eating, you know, the things that we all like food that tastes really, really good and nasty and is greasy and all those things. Cut that completely out of his diet and yeah, sure he could make weight and he didn't. So you take. You take uh, three weeks or four weeks, and and prove that prove to yourself that you can do something like this. Get close if you can't get there all the way, and say, okay, I've gotten to this point. You know, I think with another week or so, I can then get my myself to the fighting weight that I want to be in. And yeah, if but it's you can't do that. Uh, you can't do that. In between fights, because it's so hard and grueling I, that, and you, so that I'm glad you said that because my next point was, the UFC needs to set something up for out of their fight camp where they, you know, they are able to get some some type of gauge for what a a fighter's normal walk around weight would be, and then. You know, try and think realistically. But then you're, you're punishing guys. Not punishing. Oh, you are. You're no. punishing guys who consistently been able to prove that they're making weight. If you're trying to set some standard across the board, you know, you're you're going to penalize guys that have made 155 every single time but walk around too heavy. No, you you got to find a way 
to make it so that the people that are are good at making weight continue to be good at making weight, and those that aren't are fighting the weight class that they weigh. All right, so let's uh, agree to disagree on that because I, I think there's ways that the UFC can do something ahead of time so that we don't get to this. And I, I wrote uh, a post on this, something similar to you know fights being canceled and fighters being pulled from cards for various reasons. And I, well, I think, I think you're gonna we get disagree to because you're wrong. Well, the, the blatantly difference between, wrong. Now that could be. However, the reason there's not, you know, you're not 100 percent right is because you're 100 percent wrong. Well, you have a problem with being stupid, and you should really get that taken a look at by a medical a professional. There. We're gonna move on to the being next fight with which is Joan. These are the being these are the with three. Stupid. The three main events, Joanna and Carolina. Now, her, her last name is actually an easy one. Uh, Kovalkiewicz. Kovalkiewicz. Oh, God bless you, my friend. Thank you. Um, Did I get anything on you? <laughs> I think there's right. some spiticles all, right. all over Excellent. the place. Um, this was the most intense stare down yesterday of the night. Um, jo- Joanna is a feisty firecracker she is i think she she said some funny things when um i don't think anyone it's just a dream (laughs) she said some funny things in the rogan interview on stage after the weigh-ins um you'll have to take a look at that because it was actually pretty um uh, it was a little comical. It was it was comical. She was trying to play it up to the fans and to the crowd, and just with her, you know, English being her second language, it probably didn't come across as she intended it. But it was all well and good. She is a firecracker, and you know, when I saw her at the at the press conference and the headbutt and and all of that, right? Stuff, you know, I. I gotta admit, I I like Joanna, but I'm really rooting for the upset here with Carolina. I think that um, she has really been mild tempered and really taken what appears to me to be pretty much bully um, tactics by Joanna. And maybe it's because she's English isn't her first language that it's causing. You know, Connor does the same things, and I love the guy. Um, it feels more bullyish to me than Connor. Connor feels more like antagonistic, right? And Joanna feels like she's bullying. She's the you know the champion defending her belt, and I, I don't know. I just got a different feeling. So I'm rooting for Carolina to pull the upset. Sahara, what are you going to be wrong about this time? Um, we'll have to talk about that off air. <laughs> I think the same thing. This is a situation where we've got. Um, it's like, who's the toughest kid on the block? And that's what Joanne is trying to, to prove. They're both from Poland, so this is somebody trying to say, I'm the Polish princess, you need to step aside. Joanne is doing it in, like you said, a bullying type way. And Carolina is just basically taking it all in stride. And I think she she wants to let her actions speak rather than do you know get involved with some trash talking well we'll see what happens there um 
we have Tyron Woodley and Stephen Thompson. This, to me, has been like the the gentlemanly, you know, these two nice two nice guys not wanting to. Um, I, I know there was some previous interactions between the two, um, but this fight week, there's been nothing but respect and um, a, a little bit uh, off at the press conference with Woodley said something, but then he changed his tune. Later. Yeah, and so I don't think it's really been... Um, they haven't done much hyping their fight, I think. Um, and maybe that's part of the problem with, you know, once Ty Woodley's looking to headline a card or Thompson's looking to headline a card. Um, but, hey, these guys are... Uh, these guys are beasts. I just think Thompson has such a large... Um, reach advantage that it's gonna it's gonna come into play here and um i think a karate guy versus a guy that's gonna want to go for a takedown might not be a good recipe i could see a kick to the face of a attempted shot from uh ty woodley but that's where he needs i think woodley wants to you know outside of some big shots tyler needs to get this fight to the ground he does I, I saw a stat, and I, I couldn't find it again, but I saw a stat that was um, that listed all the fighters and their uh, their ability for um, a knockdown uh, by punches and then their ability to take a punch and still stand their ground. Tyron Woodley is number one on that list of, of all the fighters, and it ranks them you know, from... Best to worst, and and who's got the best shot at taking down their opponent with a punch? Tyron Woodley is number one, and no surprise, Cerrone, Cowboy Cerrone, is number two. The interesting thing about that is uh, Woodley is almost twice what Cerrone's uh, stats are when it comes to that. That he's got twice the punching power that Cerrone does. Um, so I found that interesting that ranking these fighters for this particular card, the guy that has the the highest chance of taking his opponent out with a punch is is Woodley. I don't know if we're going to see that. If we do, we talked about this earlier, um, that it's going to be early in the fight because, you know, as you said, um, a karate guy, karate champ, he's he's going to be able to get something in. You know, yep. because he's, he's done this successfully against other kickboxers. He's going to be able to do it against a wrestler. I mean, I just I, I was just amazed at how easily Stephen Thompson handled Johnny Hendricks. And that's the fight that I, where I said, wow, th- he's a future champion. And I think he's going to become a champion tonight at UFC 205. Now... It might not happen until tomorrow morning because it might be after midnight before he wins. But I think he's take. I think he's going to be the new welterweight champion. So we uh, at the beginning of this week we came out with some predictions for two hundred five. I think we were all on board for um, for for the Connor fight. Well, before we do that, I want to go through. I want to go through these, and we're we're gonna. Th- we have our official predictions from the from episode seven or si- episode six of 
uh, MMA fan cast. But let's just go through these fights right now and say we want three things. We want winner, round, and method. All right, let's All right, get let's, it on. Let's do that. We, we haven't prepared in advance. We're doing this on the fly. We're going to go winner, round, and method of win. So let's Misha Tate and Raquel Pennington. I'm going to go with Tate. I'll say submission, second round, um, type of submission, uh, rear naked choke. Okay. I'm going to say Misha Tate, first round TKO. Okay. We have Chris Weidman, Yoel Romero. TKO, Chris Weidman, second round. All right. I'm going to take Weidman with a submission. Third round, uh, I'm gonna go with a choke. Let's go with a. Uh, let's go with a rear naked, a rear naked choke. We got Joanna and Carolina. I'm gonna go with Carolina. Oh, you're actually gonna pick her. Yeah, decision. Decision. Oh, majority or unanimous. Um, I'm gonna say. Majority. You think you're gonna, she's gonna get a split decision? All right, yeah. that's really, that's really uh, taking a taking a uh, stance there when you call in a split. I'm gonna take Joanna. I, although I will still be rooting for Carolina, I'm gonna take Joanna. I'm gonna say it's gonna be a late first round TKO. Uh, Tyron Woodley and Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. I'm going to let you go first on this one. I will go first. I'm taking Steven Thompson. I'm going to say he's going to um, he's gonna get him with a shot in the third round. And he's going to get some ground and pound after that and get the, uh, the referee stoppage with via ground and pound um, third round. I like both these guys. Um Especially after this week, you know, some things that I've seen from Wonder Boy. He's a, he's a really good guy. Um, Woodley, we've um, talked to him a couple times. He is definitely down to earth. I, I'm, I'm torn on this. I'm torn on this. I'm, I'm going with Woodley. I think my, my initial prediction on episode six was Wonder Boy. Yeah. Um, I'm changing it up. I'm going with Woodley, and I'm going to say... Um, first round late knockout. All right. KO. First round knockout, and that's that wrap. That's it for the main card. Right? There's no other fights. There, I don't think so. The, there's yeah. That's it. Well, there's that one that that uh, I think they just announced it. Or no, you're actually wrong, Mooney. You're wrong, dude. <laughs> There's Eddie Alvarez versus Conor McGregor. Who's Eddie Alvarez? Exactly. Who the bleep is that guy? <laughs> who <laughs> Who the bleep is that guy? Jeremy Stevens, you will forever be known <laughs> as who the bleep is that guy. Um, listen, Conor McGregor is beloved. He is, um, you know... There's no one like him. There's nobody like Conor McGregor. He is the promotional genius 
of uh, of a man, and the guy can fight as well. And um, I look forward to seeing Conor McGregor be make history tonight and become the first ever two weight class world heavyweight champion. Not heavyweight. Well, he's two. I mean, world world champion. And I see Connor winning in the second round via knockout. Maybe You're going a, with knockout. Maybe a TKO, but TKO. it's going to be a knockout. Um, I I just see Alvarez making the big mistake of of not going for the takedowns, getting sucked into a stand up fight and. And yeah, he could get the shot that 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 ends the fight. But I gotta say, if that's the if that's the case, I would put I, I'm putting my money on Connor, and that's what I think the case is gonna be. So while I think it could happen for for Eddie that way, I I don't like his chances. So I'm taking Connor McGregor second round knockout. All right. Um, I can see this fight going either way. I'm gonna talk about this for just. Uh, maybe 30 seconds or so. Um, Connor, second round TKO. Oh, wow. That was kind of quick. Yeah. Um, I didn't pick any decisions. That's crazy. I know there's going to be decisions. But I, when I take a look at each fight, I, I just don't see a decision in any of them. Maybe Wonderboy gets a decision. I, I could see that ending in decision. The other one, one of the fights I could see going to a decision would be Weidman. Weidman, Weidman Ramirez only three rounds. Yeah, yeah that, 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 that one could go to a decision. Yeah, you know because they uh, they both have uh, good wrestling skills, so there is that possibility. Yeah, I just I think Weidman, I think Romero is going to come in with um, one thing on his mind, and that's to try and um, take him out. And I mean, he doesn't need to prove his punching power, mm. but I think this big stage. You know, and all the world is watching. I think he wants all the world to see. And, you know, he's going to become one-dimensional. Weidman has been in in a huge um, fight before, two times we know of, with Anderson Silva. And we know what happened there. You well. Know, he, so that, that's, that's where we stand. That's the one thing I think both of us think could possibly go to decision. Yeah, and, and now that's going to wrap us up from this special edition MMA fan cast. Um, we have a lot going on on the website and a lot more we're going to be putting on the website uh, as we uh, analyze 205. We will also be coming to you with a podcast about two hours or so after tonight's event. We will be we will be uh, releasing one, so you can probably get up first thing in the morning and listen to our analysis of UFC 205. Thank you all so much for joining us and enjoy the fights tonight. I know we will be, and also like you uh, like Octagon 24/7 on Facebook. We will be Facebook living. Right here from Madison Square Garden. So like our page and check it out. We will be on Facebook Live. Have a great UFC 205. God bless. And we'll talk to you later. Later.